I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time, Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. What a blessing to be with you. By means of radio, many, many years ago, the Lord took this old fisherman off of an old boat there in the Gulf of Mexico after years and years of the harvesting of the, uh, I call it the food of heaven, <laughs> seafood. The Lord took us from a boat and placed us in the book of God. It's so good to know the true. And as we find here in Psalm chapter 90, the true everlasting and eternal God. Psalm chapter 90, we're going to read verse 1 and verse 2 and introduce you unto a great God, the great God that we serve. By the way, thank you for corresponding with us. It's always good to hear from you. I'm just a little child when it comes to mail. A lot of the snail mail comes in. They throw those letters on my desk, get to diving through those things and look at the comments of people. And most of the comments are good. Occasionally, you know, I've said something that somebody has misunderstood or something that people try to correct me on. I don't mind that. I like any any input you send uh, your letters our way. If you'd like to write to us, our announcer at the end of the program will give you an address whereby you can correspond with us. If you have access to a computer, if you can just take the keyboard and just put in F-O-M-M dot org, O-R-G. We're on the World Wide Web there. If you put in F-O-M-M dot org, that'll bring you directly to us. You can see us for what we look like and our uh, what God has blessed us with, a ministry. And uh, the mission arm of the Fisherman Baptist Church is Fishers of Men Ministries International. And uh, this is what... God is using to have us to bring this program to you. But if we can help you, please let us know. Psalm chapter 90, verse 1. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Why isn't that a blessing to read that? From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Oh, one of the greatest passages on the eternity of God. As we find, you'll see in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, we talk about the true and living God that inhabits eternity. An everlasting God, a God that is perpetual, continuing, continuing indefinitely, endless duration, never ending, my friend. This is what makes God God. And he's different from all the other gods of the heathen and all the other gods of the false denominations. It's because my God lives forever. His works are forever. His attributes are forever. And you know, I cannot even grasp this word. I cannot grasp its true meaning because I'm stuck with the temporal. Everything I know as beginning and end. When I think about everlasting to everlasting, I think that there was a time when God started and a time when God ended. And there is no start and there's no end. He is from everlasting to everlasting and everything there all in between. 
everlasting. God, because he is, and my text says, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God, then God's works are forever and his attributes are forever. So he can give what we call forever attributes. What are you talking about? In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31, we had time to read a lot of these passages. Jeremiah talks about the nation of Israel and God speaks to him. And God says through Jeremiah to the nation of Israel, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. How about that? All the nation that he developed there from Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham. And this man, take him out of Ur of the Chaldees and send him in an area we call the promised land, a triangular piece of land that was given to the nation of Israel. All oh, been squabbling over it ever since, have they not? All right, it belongs to this nation. And God, as far as this nation is concerned, God's love to this nation is everlasting. That is the only way that this nation could be alive and in existence today because all the other nations in the world that we read about in history, they're all gone. I mean, they're in the sands beneath the sands of time, but yet there's still this nation called the nation of Israel. Why is it true? Because past, present, and future, God, my friend, gives his love, and his love is everlasting. So different from my love. My love is based on feelings and emotions. If you were to write to me, and you would become my friend. We would write back and forth, and uh, we'd talk about some things about one another and what God had done. There may be a time something is said or something is done, and you will not write me anymore. Uh, maybe I would not write you anymore. Something is done to where our feelings for one another has been quenched. See, that's we're human beings. But what makes God God? Is he's from everlasting to everlasting. So his attributes are everlasting. And he can take and give everlasting love. And this love is not just now to the nation of Israel. This love is given to his children today. And oh, I'm glad God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, because of the work of Jesus Christ there on the cross of Calvary, he died for my sins. He died as a substitute. He shed his blood for me. There was a time I reached out for that and said, I believe, I believe. <laughs> I made that mine. What Jesus did, I believe. And it became mine personally. Now, you know what I have? I have a God that'll love me forever. And it's not based on my love for him because my love for him gets quenched at times. All the things of the world begin to be, oh, we think about, uh, ex, you know, develop. And, and as far as percentage-wise is concerned, our love for God begins to drop. And we should be ashamed of ourselves. But I'm possessed of a love that is from a God that is from everlasting to everlasting. I have a God that loves me with everlasting love. The song the love of God. You remember the song? How rich and pure. How measureless, my friend. You, you cannot measure it. I'm glad I'm hooked to a God that is from everlasting to everlasting, and he gives this everlasting love. I like 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Because of this everlasting God, he's able to give unto me. I'll just read it for you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts. What is this? Everlasting consolation 
God knows we live on this old sin-cursed earth. God knows that the burdens sometimes are unbearable. I'm glad God has big shoulders. And my friend, through the work of Christ, Christ, a burden bearer, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. You said, what are you saying? I have everlasting consolation. What are you talking about? That God will console and comfort me forever. And not only will he console and comfort me forever, but this consolation, my friend, is from the word of God, and the word of God is forever, forever. Oh, Lord, thy word, my friend. Uh, we think about God's word being preserved for us and God's word being kept for us. God's word is forever. The promises of God are forever, and this is what brings me consolation. So I have everlasting consolation. It becomes because... Well, because of this God that is from everlasting to everlasting gives me everlasting love, consolation. Oh, January the 2nd, 1966 for me. John chapter 6 and verse 47, Jesus said, He that believeth in me shall have everlasting life. The same thing in John chapter 3 and verse 16. Same thing in the book of First John, First John chapter 5. He that hath the Son hath life. He said, what are you talking about? I have everlasting love. I have everlasting consolation. In actuality, I have everlasting life. God said through David, David spoke of this God. And he said, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. I'm glad I'm part of this family now. I have and I possess everlasting life. Now, this everlasting life is not prolonged existence. People say, I want to live longer. How long do you want to live? So, well, I like to live to be a hundred. When you are a hundred, do you reckon you'd like to live more? He said, yes. What would we look like if we could live to be 200? Oh, we look at some of our loved ones that are way up in years, and you look what happens to us. We begin to fall apart. I guess at 200, at 300, what would we look like? We're just like a pulsating blob of flesh, my friend. We talk about everlasting life. We're not talking about prolonged life on this earth. We think about Methuselah, 969 years. Yet, evidently, he never said one word that was worth putting even in the Bible. So you don't want that kind of life, just prolonged life on this sin-cursed earth. You want life as long as God so gives it to you in this house. And then God, my friend, take us from this house unto his house which is an eternal house, because from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. I have actually been made, according to Psalm chapter 145 then, in verse 13, I've been made part of an everlasting kingdom. I like the statement made there in Luke chapter 1 and verse 33. It says, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That is correct. I am part of an everlasting God. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Hence, I am possessed of everlasting love, of everlasting consolation. I have everlasting life. I'm part of an everlasting kingdom, a kingdom that will never end. A kingdom? Then that necessitates a king. Oh, I know who the king is. The Lord Jesus Christ is my king, my Lord, and my Savior. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Now, in this life, I've been put into a spiritual kingdom. The book of Colossians, chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, because of 
our faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel, and I've received, my friend, Jesus as my personal Savior. My friend, there was a time in my life what he did for me there at Calvary all became mine. Oh, I believe this belief was from the heart. Because of that, I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. There's two kingdoms, one of darkness and one of light. Yes, Jesus has a kingdom. That's the kingdom of light. Satan, my friend, always the ruler. and He's the king of those who are in darkness. But I was translated from the kingdom of darkness unto the kingdom of his dear son. Even today, I'm part of a spiritual kingdom, a group of people who trust in the true and living God. The one that's described in Psalm chapter 90 as being from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. My friend, what, what, how blessed I really am, you know, to have this everlasting God, to give me his attributes, to show these attributes to me, that I have everlasting love and consolation and life and part of a kingdom. There was a time in my life that the only thing that I had was an opportunity to look forward to death and everlasting punishment, everlasting destruction, everlasting fire. The person who provides for this life but takes no care for eternity is wise for a moment, but he's a fool forever. Do you know this everlasting God? From everlasting to everlasting thou art God. Let him give to you his love. Let him give to you this consolation. Let him give to you through his son everlasting life and make you a part of his kingdom. If whoever can help you, please feel free to correspond with us. God bless you. My privilege to have been with you, Fisher Munn, saying goodbye.